what's up? Welcome back to another episode of 200 and Counting. I'm your host, Tia Hill. And on this episode, we're going to be diving deep into the internet and one of the most infamous memes of the last decade with the documentary Feels Good Man. It takes tons of time to come up with a character. And then eventually it was Pepe. It's one of the funniest comics of the last 10 years. Pepe became a meme. I didn't even know what a meme was. So this one... To be honest with you, it was kind of weird. And if you aren't already familiar with Pepe the Frog, in order for you to really get the gist of what I'm talking about here, I'm gonna need for you to open up Google or Bing, you know, whatever search engine floats your boat and Google Pepe the Frog if you don't already know who he is. He is a cartoon frog and he is the focal point of this entire episode and the entire documentary. So you should really, really look up a picture of him if you don't know who he is. Otherwise, none of this is going to make sense. And if you really took some time to dig around, I'm assuming you paused the podcast, you did a little look-see. But if you really took some time to dig around in the images, you honestly, you might see some pretty disturbing things. And that is also the point of this documentary because Feels Good Man is all about the meme Pepe the Frog, who's a green frog from a comic book, that somehow through the evils of the internet morphed into a racist symbol used by the alt right Nazis and all sorts of like disgusting, hateful creeps online. And I give you that context because a lot of people don't know where Pepe came from. Like a lot of people, I think, know him from what he used to be or they know him now. And those are two completely different things. A lot of people had never seen Pepe before in any memes until it became a problematic thing. And they heard about it like on the news and they were like, oh God, this is a hate symbol. And that took time. That happened over time because now when you look him up, he is loosely associated with just right wing extremism, which has totally taken and hold in online spaces over the last few years. And obviously it's always been around, but over the last like five to six years, it's really had a moment and become a huge, huge thing. And so this documentary is really cool because it tells the story of how that even happened while also giving some larger commentary on just society and social media and the internet. The documentary starts by introducing us to, and this is also, he is also the main character, well, other than Pepe, but you know, the main focal point of the documentary, the artist, Matt Fury. He's this super chill animator, like very chill, you know, like that kind of chill. He just likes to draw, you know, and he started doing these comics called Boys Club and it was just like him and his friend. One of his friends, actually, this came back to haunt him, ended up getting a tattoo of Pepe the Frog on his arm. And then they interviewed him, you know, years later. And he was like, I really wish I did not have this shit on my arm because people think that I am in the alt-right. And I'm like, no. But anyway, Matt Fury started these comics called Boys Club. They were about like these weird little like animal things, but they had like human bodies, but they were animals. Once again, you're going to have to look it up or use your imagination. They were very cute looking. They had little clothes like shorts on. So there'd be like a little dog wearing like little you know, biker shorts, just like hanging out, right? They're all chill. They just smoke weed, hang out with their friends, whatever. And one of the characters in the Boys Club comics was Pepe the Frog. Pepe is like, he's a really personal character to me. And, uh, you know, he's just like a stoned frog dude that likes to uh, hang out, eat snacks and like fart with his buddies. And Pepe was just like really cool and he was chill. And he was one of multiple characters in this comic. But the reason that he got popular at first is because there's this one specific comic strip that went viral. This is going to sound weird because again, you're going to have to look up a photo of it, but he's like king with his pants, his ankles. I don't really know the etiquette there, but um, anyway, that's what he's doing. And another character walks in on him and Pepe in the panel is saying, feels good, man. And that phrase, which is also the title of the documentary, becomes like his 
thing. And all of a sudden that frame, that panel of the comic of that frog saying that phrase became a huge meme online. And this was back in like the 2000s, like the, you know, pre 2010 internet. So that's when like people are posting in on like message boards and shit being like, haha, look at this. And we all know how memes spread like wildfire. Even back then, anything has meme potential. You really never know. You yourself could become a meme if you do something, even if you're not trying to be funny, eventually it goes mainstream and then it's not really that funny anymore. But you know, we all know the drill by now. But what I liked about this documentary is that it digs a little bit deeper, which I appreciated because in order for them to explain the story of Pepe and how he went viral and it's so deeply embedded in meme culture, like this is such an internet-y thing. This documentary does a really good job of breaking down those online communities, breaking down those terms, breaking down like how things go viral. If you're somebody who is not as fluent in the internet and online spaces, you could watch this documentary and still understand what they're talking about. It doesn't just assume that everybody knows everything and, you know, just runs off with the story. It breaks it down, but makes it really like fun to watch and really, really interesting because now it kind of feels like we all know what memes are, but how many people know like what the word even means? Like, where did that even come from? I remember when I was in sixth grade back in good old 2006, my best friend and her older brother were like very, very super internet-y and they would talk about memes. And I remember, and I know she listens to the podcast. So, hey, Nicole, but I remember they were talking about memes and I was like, what's a meme? And they're the ones that told me like, oh, you know, it's just like a thing. You know, it's like a thing. I don't even remember how they described it, but I think they were just like, oh, it's just like an internet joke. And I was like, oh, cool. And next thing you know, I'm making those janky little top text, bottom text that's like white, you know, type meme generator things on websites thinking I was hilarious. I had a little meme folder, which I still have on my phone just in case. Those were the earlier iterations of memes and meme culture and what memes were. And to be honest with you, for a very, very long time, I thought that meme was just like a made up word. Like I, I thought that they just came up with it randomly one day on some message board and that's what they were called, but that is not the case. And I found a random TED talk that explains what a meme is. So the term meme was first coined by Richard Dawkins in his book, The Selfish Gene, first published in 19. 19- He referred to a meme as an idea or concept that replicates contagiously from one human mind to another. Okay, so simple enough, right? The gen- that definition is so general, obviously, that it can apply to something even now because he wrote that book a long time ago, but it's exactly what memes have become. Obviously, they're usually based on specific imagery and especially more recently, they're based on specific sounds thanks to apps like TikTok and Triller and Dub Smash, but they really are just ideas that go viral and float from person to person. It's just the way that that happens now is through the internet. The most interesting part about memes are that they take a concept or a phrase, whatever the case may be, whatever the thing that's being memed, and it assigns a different meaning to it as it evolves and as it travels from person to person. I think that's what's very unique about internet memes because memes as a concept, the way that Richard Dawkins was describing it, it doesn't necessarily mean things are changing because by his definition, it just replicates. But what memes are now is something's being passed along. It replicates, there's different iterations of it, and that is exactly what happened with Pepe. Eventually, a meme can become so wildly different than whatever it was before that if you're not in on the joke or you weren't on the internet one day, whatever, you could see a meme and you could be like, that is not even funny. Like, what does that even mean? What what the hell is that? Anyway, Pepe was that. And eventually the meme deviated from just like the feels good man panel to being a drawing of Pepe that didn't really look like the original. Like the originals in black and white, they added a little bit of color, you know, and they kind of put him in a different way. So it was still 
clearly Pepe, but he was, he didn't look exactly like the original. It was more crudely drawn. And at first he was just kind of used to react to things like he'd be mad or he'd be yelling or he'd do that meme like where he's got his little fingers on his chin looking a little bit devious. And it was just like a reaction photo to things. We have happy Pepe, which is often used when an individual is pleased. There's sad Pepe. Then there's angry Pepe, used to express feelings of rage or frustration. And of course, we have the ever so popular smug Pepe, often used when something sinister or malicious is occurring. At a certain point, there was this whole concept of rare Pepe's who were Pepe memes that were just different. Like I saw one that was Pepe as Easy e from NWA. There was one guy in the documentary who they interviewed who had like a rare Pepe that was on a card and it was like Pepe, but Pepe looked like Homer Simpson from a very, very specific episode of The Simpsons. Weird, just Pepe in different weird positions. They, those are rare Pepe's and that's like a whole thing on the internet. People are like trading Bitcoin for these rare Pepe's. That is such deep deeply entrenched internet culture. Like that is such an internet-y thing. And this documentary does a great job of diving into that. Not getting so deep that you're like, okay, I'm a little freaked out, but diving in just enough so you can really understand the story of Pepe. The turning point for Pepe though, was that he became insanely popular on 4chan. And if you don't know what 4chan is, 4chan is like an unhinged version of Reddit. Like Reddit can be pretty unhinged, but 4chan is like, woo. 4chan is an image-based message board. And to be honest though, a lot of popular memes, a lot of the most popular internet things, especially like at their most basic youngest point come from 4chan first. So I will give them that. But also a lot of really, really bad things come from 4chan. 4chan was created in 2003 by then 15 year old high school student, Christopher Poole. 4chan started with just two boards. A for anime, of which he was a huge fan, and the infamous B. B is by far the most notorious forum and referred to by many as the asshole of the internet. The problem of, with 4chan is that everyone on 4chan is anonymous. So you can just post images on there and you can post text on there and you can just do whatever and you can be uploaded and no one knows who you are. It's anonymous. It's not in the same way as like Instagram and Twitter, like those kind of mainstream social media networks are based on showing yourself and showing off. 4chan, completely different community, completely different demographics. 4chan is like the front door to the real internet. I would say like that is, you know, when they say the internet that we use is only like 10% of the internet or something like that, 4chan is like the internet. And the problem with people being anonymous on the website, that is what helped Pepe go from a friendly phase to a problematic phase. Because if there's one thing people love to do on the internet, it's to say some wild shit anonymously because they feel confident enough behind their little screen that they won't get their ass beat. So they just be on there saying whatever. However, that also meant that it was pretty easy for Pepe to morph into this sinister meme on 4chan because people started using him to just be fucked up and to be racist and to be anti-Semitic and to be homophobic, all the phobics, just using him in a really, really, really bad way. And I also want to contextualize that around the time that Pepe started really picking up steam on 4chan, becoming this really big internet-y thing, there was also something else happening on the internet around this time. And that's in 2014, something called Gamergate happened. What started as an online spat about the ethics of gaming journalism quickly escalated into a full-blown culture war. The harassment became part of what's now known as Gamergate. Essentially, a bunch of women in the video game community online, as well as some feminist critics, started getting targeted for speaking out about sexism. And I actually interviewed one of the women, um, Zoe Quinn. I interviewed her in 2017. She was a target of a lot of this harassment. And I've read a lot of books and a lot of articles about how Gamergate, even though it was a huge online attack on women, people were getting doxxed, meaning people were like, 
finding people's home addresses and like threatening them, sending them crazy, crazy things to their workplaces. It also really mobilized and created a movement within a section of the internet and it created a movement to hate and to act on that hate. Gamergate started in 2014 and that happened to be two years before the 2016 election. So that was just a good two years of people angry on the internet, getting angrier and angrier, sharing memes, building these communities that thrived on hatred and also on visuals of that hatred and in memes. Something that gets talked about a lot that I've seen in online spaces is how, especially for young boys, it's very easy for them to get radicalized through memes. That happened a lot with the 2016 election because, oh, haha, it's funny, edgy joke, dark humor. eh. And then next thing you know, you freaking like hate Jewish people or you hate black people. Like what? That doesn't make any sense. But that's what's happening online with a lot of these movements is if you kind of dress up hatred in like a fun, shareable, memeable way, it's like, oh, it's not that serious. They mentioned that in the documentary too. And then it's not that serious. It's not that serious until someone acts on something, until someone shoots up a synagogue, until someone goes into a black church and murders people, until someone's writing manifestos and publishing them on these message boards, oh, it's not that serious. And that was the movement that was surrounding Gamergate and surrounding Pepe and surrounding like this vibe online. That is some really important context. When you think about how something like the Pepe meme became right-wing fuel. And then in 2016, we had the election and we know a lot about the election, don't we? Because I mentioned on damn near every podcast episode at this point, we had online trolls, misinformation, memes that just ruled the 2016 election and it helped Donald Trump get elected. The internet had such a great poll on the 2016 election. Matter of fact, in the documentary, they even talk about how that's how a lot of those people on 4chan and in these forums felt. They felt like we memed Trump into the White House. That is what they said. They were like, we did this. Hillary Clinton was giving a speech on the campaign trail and someone yelled Pepe from the crowd. It was bizarre. All key tenants making up the emerging racist ideology known as the alt-right. At this point, Pepe had taken on a completely different meaning for people than what Matt Fury had intended. He wanted him to be a chill cartoon frog that liked hanging out with his friends. And next thing you know, by 2016, there are pictures of Pepe as a Klansman, Pepe as a Nazi, Pepe as a skinhead, Pepe as Hitler, as any hateful person, any hateful way Pepe could be portrayed by 2016, that is what he was. And by that point, Pepe was the equivalent of an alt-right hate symbol. And it was labeled as one by the Anti-Defamation League. That is how bad it got. At one point, Trump even shared a Pepe meme. And all the little Pepe people were like, yay, he shared it. He's one of us. We did this. Ow. That was disturbing because for people who were really online like that and they knew, it felt like the Trump campaign was subtly saying, yeah, we see you guys. We see you out here being racist and we're not going to say anything, but we will acknowledge you by proper up this meme and just kind of sending signals to say that like we're down for that cause. Now, Matt Fury, he was a really chill guy. Like I said, you know, he was like a really, really chill guy. He was not trying to have all this happen. He was just trying to have fun. He was just trying to draw his little cartoons. At this point, Pepe didn't even really look how he did in the first place. Matt was not intending for any of this to happen. He was not trying to be associated with hate groups. He'd made a bunch of merch and then never released it because he was scared a bunch of Nazis would buy up all his merch. And he was like, I don't want that. I don't want these people wearing my clothes. I don't want that money. And I will say that I do admire him for that because a lot of people would have been like, well, listen, I didn't mean for it to be a hate symbol, but I still have the clothes, so I'm gonna still take the money, so... But this man was on this documentary sick. He was like, I am livid. I am anxious. I am not trying to be associated with this. And that is real because if anybody looks up where'd Pepe the Frog come from, it looks like he did it. And he's like, no, I did not. He tried to make this whole campaign where he spun Pepe into this like positive symbol. 
and was like, everybody make a picture of Pepe where he's spreading positivity and helping his neighbors and being like, I love black people. Well, he didn't say that, but you know, just things to make Pepe look less hateful. That is really cute because the internet, the internet is the most toxic place and that shit does not work. That does not work like that. But that's really nice of him to try. I thought that was really nice of him to try, but that is not going to work. You know, we were, it was a successful campaign. We made a zine, we made stickers and uh, buttons and stuff like that. Uh, our goal was to resurrect Pepe the frog because I killed him, but we wanted to like bring him back to life and like, uh, instill some more hope in, into the situation. And then at one point in the documentary, he goes to a group of people who work in like, I don't want to say they work in computers, but they work in like cybersecurity. They like work on the internet, you know, that general industry. And he had a lawyer and he was like, how do I stop this? And they were like, look, bro, there are millions of memes made with Pepe every year. That's not how the internet works. He's just out there and that just is what it is. And you're just going to have to wait for the meme to die. This man was so pressed to not be associated with the alt-right. He said, all right, bet, I'm going to kill him. And then he draws a comic strip where Pepe the Frog dies in it. This man was fighting demons over this. He was like, I will literally kill this fucking frog. Don't play with me because I will off him right now. And he did. He won't be around for much longer because his creator has decided to kill him off after the rather chilled and laid back frog became a hate symbol hacked online by far right groups. And that was how he resolved it you know he like wrote a comic strip of him being dead of course you know that didn't really people still use him Pepe's still around he's still a thing but I would say though that over the last few years there's been so many more memes and it's been so less concentrated on like the one meme like 2015 2016 I think because Vine was like on its last leg that was the time when people were really there would be one meme that everyone was obsessed with for a week. And then next week, there's one meme. Now it's like there's six memes at once, different sounds. Each meme means 10 different things at this point. It's all different. He's not as much of a menace, Pepe the Frog, but he is still now very much loosely associated with right-wing extremism and the alt-right, which is unfortunate because that is not the creator's intention. But even though that seemed to be the result of Pepe and of all Matt Fury's work on him. This documentary, I have to say, was very creative. I have seen documentaries struggle, I think, to discuss things that are happening in the now because the story is ever changing. There's no clear end to it. But this doc does such a great job of creating a clear timeline of Pepe's rise and subsequent fall and everything in between. It's just such a creative idea for someone to look at the specific meme, trace back to where it came from, and then also explain the culture around it. Because I think a lot of times when we have these internet-y stories. You hear about something crazy on the internet. You hear, oh, these crazy people are doing this thing, but nobody elaborates on it. And then that doesn't really explain why people are doing it or the thought process behind it. Obviously, the people who are making freaking, you know, Klansmen out of Pepe should not be doing that, nor do they deserve a platform. But I do think one thing I enjoyed is that they went into detail about who is on these forums? Because you always wonder like, who the hell's out here like making those weird political memes? They show you who the hell's out here making those weird political memes. They showed you what type of person is a 4chan user. They interviewed people who were like, yeah, Pepe was our thing. We identified with him. Also, I'm a grown man and I don't clean my room. It was like that kind of shit that you were seeing, which I thought was really interesting. I'm very intrigued by documentaries that are about slivers of the world and of the internet and of, you know, society that I may not come into contact with. You may not come into contact with. That's really interesting to me, especially if it tells the story in such a way that really paints a clear picture of what it is. And you can walk away from it feeling like, wow, I feel like I really have a handle on that, you know, subsection of the internet. I feel like I really understand this meme now. I don't know anybody who's doing that, but that is very interesting to me. Huh. And I want to learn a little bit more about it. They did it in a way that gave a glimpse into the whole 4chan subculture. Also, without excusing their behavior, without making it seem like you're giving these freaks a platform, they were just like, here they are. 
this is what they do. It's a little weird. They're pretty racist, but you know, that is their thing. And I thought that that was interesting. I'm glad that they gave Matt Fury such a strong voice in the documentary because that man was hurting and he really deserves this platform to tell the world, I did not mean to do this. I also think it was a very interesting commentary on internet culture and on social media culture and on in the world we live in today, where you can put something online, you could be the nicest person in the world, but the internet can twist your words and twist your work and create something that is truly awful and a monster. And that to me is the most 21st century, like 2010s going into 2020s type shit I have ever seen. Overall, honestly, this documentary was entertaining as hell. It was refreshing. It was fun. It had great animations. I was like, good for him. He got to animate this shit out. It was very colorful, very poppy. I just enjoyed looking at it. It was very aesthetically pleasing. I enjoyed every minute of watching it. I would give it four out of five stars. I thought it was really, really good. Very enjoyable. I wasn't necessarily moved by it though, which is why I'm not giving it five stars. Like I didn't walk away from it like, damn, that was really something. Like I wasn't thinking about it for days and days, but I would... I was recommending it to people and I did think it was very, 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 very interesting. I was like, huh, this is cool. And it was also very quick. It felt very quick. Next thing I started it, next thing you know, it was over. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Efficient. Efficiency. We love to see it. Four out of five stars. I would definitely recommend. This is a documentary that's not depressing. I mean, a little depressing, but also entertaining. And it will make you feel like you know what the hell's going on on the internet, which is always a good place to be in. So yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Four out of five stars. Give it a good, you know, give it a watch. And also while you're on wherever you listen to podcasts, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, give me a rating. Log on in, give me a rating, write a review. Let me know if you like the episode. Let me know if you like the documentary. And as usual, thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode. <laughs>